Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. By faith. Those are the two words that the writer to the Hebrews uses every time he introduces a new person in God's hall of faith. By faith. That's the theme we've been using for our summer sermon series as well. And today we move into the story of Abraham, some of which we read earlier in Genesis chapter 12 and 17. Of all of the characters in the Bible that are pointed to because of their faith, Abraham has to be at the top of the list. I suppose if we're thinking in Hall of Fame type terms, you might have to think of Abraham as sort of like the Babe Ruth or the Hank Aaron of the Hall of Faith. He's kind of the featured person. It's why so many verses are dedicated to him. And yet if we read through the story in Genesis of Abraham, we see very clearly that he is not perfect, that he had his weaknesses. The Bible records his sins as well, and it demonstrates so clearly to you and to me what faith does. Faith is how God declares us righteous and holy, not what we do. And Abraham is a wonderful example of faith by which God declared that man, Abraham, the father of believers, his own child. We're going to look at verses 8 to 12 of Hebrews chapter 11 today. They read like this. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise." And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. This is the word of our God. All right, I need a quick show of hands. How many of you dread the idea of moving? Okay, it's a lot. I see some hands on the live stream too. I think through the camera there's a lot of people saying, yeah, it's not fun always, is it? Think about packing all your stuff up and then getting to the new place and unpacking and taking beds apart and then putting them back together and all the new things that you need in the new place to fill the spaces that are different from your old place, right? It's a daunting task. I suppose we could say there's some joy that comes along with it. It's nice to go to a new place and be able to make it your own, to make it personal. But that thought of moving, of getting everything ready to leave one place and go to the next is often something that fills us with dread. Now imagine this for a minute. I'm guessing that most of you, at least when you've moved, you knew where you were going. You knew what city you were moving to, what the house was going to look like. Consider just for a minute Abraham. God said, I want you to move. He didn't tell him where. He didn't tell him exactly how long it was going to take to get there. He just said, to the place that I will show you. And Abraham went. 
No wonder the writer to the Hebrews points to the faith of Abraham who simply packed everything up and went where God was going to show him even though he didn't know where he was going. Today, as we take a look at the story of Abraham, we get to see on display not just the faith of Abraham, but the promises of God and how they shaped Abraham's faith. And today, we want to look at that faith of Abraham and consider that faith for ourselves. It's the same faith. God gave you and me the same faith that he gave to Abraham. And as we look at the faith of Abraham, we want to, first of all, look to the promised land just like Abraham did. And then secondly, cling to those promises of God that he has given us. Put a little map on the screen. Hopefully you can see that a little bit. I'll try to highlight a little bit where we're going. So this is where Abraham was originally from, Ur, which would be in modern-day Iraq. For a time he lived, we're not told how long in the Bible, in this city up, up in the top of the map called Haran, and from Haran in Genesis 12 is where Abraham is called to come live in the land of Canaan. That entire trip is over a thousand miles. And again, remember that God asked Abraham to do this when he didn't know where he was going, without knowing exactly what he was getting into. This was a big move for Abraham and his family. Maybe consider the fact that Abraham was 75 years old. Maybe that even increases the stress and the strain that Abraham might have felt as he was making this move. Without a map, there was no map in Abraham's hands to tell him where to go. But there was a call in his heart, a call from God to follow wherever God would lead. And God brought him to the land of Canaan, a land that God calls and the writer to the Hebrews calls the promised land. That wasn't how it was when Abraham first got there, was it? The writer to the Hebrews tells us that too. He was a stranger living in a foreign land. He didn't put down roots. Abraham didn't build a house. No, he lived in tents. And he moved those tents from place to place. Abraham was a nomad. He lived in all kinds of different places around the land of Canaan, never once calling that land his own in spite of of God's promises. I love this line from Hebrews chapter 11. Abraham did all of this because he was looking forward to a city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. You see, Abraham knew that there was a real home that he was headed to, a home that wasn't here on this earth, a home in which it didn't matter on this earth what he lived in or where he lived because his permanent dwelling, that city with foundations, was still to come. Do you find it amazing that Abraham's faith allowed him to look so far into the future? Here's a man 75 years old packing up everything and going to a place that God didn't tell him where it was and yet Abraham could look past all of that to a future, to an eternal home, Foundations built by God. Maybe that explains Abraham's willingness to go. The promises of God that were connected to this move. I suppose as we sit here today, we can relate a little bit to Abraham's nomadic lifestyle, that he lived in tents, because you and I know that we're not going to be in this world forever. 
There is a time that's coming when we will be moving on from our temporary life here to a home that will last forever. Maybe that's why the Bible calls us, like it called Abraham, strangers, foreigners in this world. It isn't our home. This isn't the place where we are going to have roots to lay down forever. It's not permanent. That picture of living in tents is the perfect picture. If you've ever gone camping and had to set up a tent and drive the stakes in only to move to a new site a couple of days later, it's a lot of work, isn't it? To pack up and move to the next place, set up the tent all over again, knowing that it's not going to last forever. But it's a good picture of our lives in this world, the temporary nature of those lives and the better home that is still to come. The joy of heaven that waits for us. I don't know about you, but over the last several months, I am so blessed to have the opportunity to remind myself of that over and over and over again. This COVID-filled, stress-filled, difficult world, it's not my home. It's not where I'm going to be forever. I get to look ahead to something so much better than life in this world. But maybe you have the same problem that I have. There are too many times in my life where I get short-sighted. Where the only thing I can really see is what's in front of me. What's going to happen today and, and maybe what tomorrow is going to bring. And boy, it's easy to worry, isn't it? It's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to think maybe God doesn't know what's going on. That he's sort of forgotten about us. We get so focused on the here and now that we forget that God has made us the greatest promise that we could ever have. That there's a place beyond life in this world. A place with our Lord where the mansions that he has prepared for us are waiting for us. God wants us to live looking ahead. Looking ahead to the promised land that we have. The joy with him in our, our eternity. Maybe some of you have used binoculars. I, I kind of look at Abraham's faith and I think he had these, these faith binoculars that allowed him to see a lot farther than he could see with his human eye, right? You know that's how binoculars work. You can see a lot further than you can with just your eyes themselves. And maybe it's a good picture too because if you've ever used binoculars backwards, if you've flipped them around, have you noticed that things get really, really small rather than bigger and magnified? Maybe that's what I do too often in my life. I focus so much on the here and now. I focus so much on what's happening today and what might happen tomorrow or next week or next year that I forget something so great is beyond that. Maybe it's good for us with our eyes of our faith because we too live by faith and not by sight as Paul wrote to the Corinthians to make sure we're looking into that future, looking ahead to the joy of eternity. That helps us for today as well. Jesus pointed to that very faith of Abraham as he was speaking to the chief priests in our gospel lesson. This is an amazing verse. Abraham looked ahead, Jesus said. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You know what Jesus means. Abraham couldn't have seen Jesus' day physically, but in the eyes, with the eyes of faith, he looked ahead to the fulfillment of God's promise and he rejoiced that Jesus was coming. Yes, Abraham was asked to make a big move, but God connected to that big move a big promise as well. He promised 
that all nations on earth would be blessed through Abraham and Sarah and their offspring. Yes, he promised Abraham and Sarah a son. Remember, when God made this promise, Abraham was 75 and Sarah was 65. The Bible describes that Sarah is barren and yet God waited. Did you know that God waited 25 years to fulfill that promise? 25 years, Abraham and Sarah waited and wondered, is God going to do what he said he was going to do? You read through Genesis, you'll also discover that they wavered a little bit in their faith. I actually like that picture. I like the picture that Abraham isn't this perfect saint that we have to try and live up to. He's a sinner just like you and me. And yet here he is, the prominent figure in God's hall of faith. But I suppose we could say Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron struck out a few times too, didn't they? You see, it isn't about what we do. It isn't about living to a certain standard. God calls you holy. He calls you righteous. He declares you not guilty because of what Jesus has done and because of your faith in that promised Savior. And so God gives Abraham and Sarah this son. Just consider for a minute how amazing this was. Abraham is 100 years old. Baron Sarah is 90. And yet, they had a child. The very son that God promised, he delivered. And Sarah delivered a son, Isaac, who was the first in the line of many descendants of Abraham. Descendants that became as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. It's no wonder the Bible calls Abraham the father of believers. Not only was he the father of the people of Israel, but he was the father of everyone who calls themselves a believer in Jesus, your father and mine. How could Abraham's faith do all of this? How could Abraham's faith believe and embrace these promises of God? The writer to the Hebrews says that he and Sarah considered him faithful who had made the promises. Can you just let that sink in for a moment? Considered him faithful. Considered God faithful. In other words, the fact that God made the promise meant it was going to happen. And then I think about my own life. Could that be said of me? Could we all say that? Do we all say that? We consider him faithful who has made the promise. With our mouths, we certainly would say that, right? In our hearts, we believe that. But how about in our lives? Aren't there times when we forget? We forget how big our God is that we serve. That we look around in the world and say, this doesn't seem like God knows what's going on. It doesn't seem like God's making any difference. You worry, you fret, you fear. God says, there's no need to worry. I'm the God who's so big that there's nothing that's impossible for me. There's no impossibility for God. Whatever it is that you're facing, whether it's job-related, health-related, family-related, whatever it is that's going on that seems impossible in your life, God says, it's not impossible with me. The same God who could give an impossible child what seemed to be impossible to Abraham and Sarah gave you and me a child too. His own son. His own son who came to this world to live in our place. His own son who defeated death 
by his resurrection from the dead, his own son who forgives every single sin that we have committed, will commit, because it's washed away in the death that Jesus died on that cross. That's the joy that you and I have. That's the assurance that we have that we're forgiven. Jesus, as we read in Romans 4, was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification, to be declared not guilty. So I've talked a lot about looking ahead to the future, right? And that's a great thing, to look ahead to heaven, to, to keep one eye at least on that idea that this life isn't the end. But we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that it isn't only for the future that God makes us his promises. Consider him faithful who says this to you. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Consider him faithful who says this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Consider him faithful who promises this to you. In all things, God works together for the good of those who love him. Hold on to those promises. Cling to those promises of God because the one who makes them is faithful and will do exactly what he has said. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, God has blessed us with faith that confidently looks ahead to heaven. Let the eyes of your faith look ahead past life in this world to the joy of eternity with him. Secondly, secondly, we rejoice that God is always faithful to his promises. Consider him faithful. When you read, when you hear, when you learn those promises of God, hold on to them in faith, knowing that God will always deliver on what he has promised. Then finally, number three, through Jesus, God allows us to trust even though we don't see. Whatever it is that you're facing today, fix your eyes of faith on Jesus and look ahead to the joy that is waiting for you. I don't know if you're a Survivor fan, if you've ever watched that show, and even if you've never watched it, you've probably seen something similar to this. Maybe you've even participated in it. But one of the challenges that comes up fairly frequently on the show Survivor is what you'd call the blindfold challenge, right? The teammates all cover their eyes with their buffs, and then one person on the team is put up on a pedestal to call out to their teammates to tell them how to get around and through and over all of the obstacles that they have to face. It's kind of difficult. It's a little bit comical to watch as well. Because it's difficult, isn't it, to be blindfolded, to not be able to see where you're going? Maybe it feels that way a little bit with our faith sometimes too. Maybe it feels like as we live our lives in this world, we're kind of blindfolded. We can't see what's going to happen tomorrow or next year, or even 10 years from now. But we have a voice calling to us, don't we? It's God's voice. It's the voice of the one who promises that you have a land, an eternal dwelling, a city with foundations that God himself built waiting for you. It's the God who promises that he's watching over you, the one who began a good work in you here on this earth is going to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen to that voice. No matter how blind we feel in our faith, it's God who guides us. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. And where he's guiding us is worth it. It's the home, the mansions that are prepared for us with him in heaven. Amen. Peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.